Big Red Revival. I'm always going to point my thumb at myself and not not the finger uh, at someone else. Um, state of Nebraska means so much to me. Um, this program is everything. That this is my life right now, and doing everything I can to to get this where everybody wants it as fast as possible. Um, it certainly uh, hasn't gotten there as quick as I want it to, but I, I haven't, haven't for one second lost hope uh, and belief in where we're going and what we're doing. And just being around it every day and seeing the progress, seeing the talent that's been infused into this program, seeing us be competitive. Um, again, it's about turning the page and finding a way to win a game and then getting on, on a roll and getting some momentum. And uh, I think once that starts to happen, we have all the all the pieces in the program that we need to, to win and, and win at a good clip. Um, but nobody's more impatient uh, than I am and nobody's, uh, nobody's put more pressure on on themselves than I am. Welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode 24. With me as always to is Zach. How we doing? Been better, honestly. Been better. Yes. Uh, be sure to go and follow us on Twitter at Big Red Pod. Um, Nebraska this weekend uh, after a 21-13 loss at Northwestern, a team that uh, historically has been a, a bugaboo for Nebraska, but also historically has also showed well in Evanston. Evanston. Um, we went up there to a 21-13 loss, um, you know, just kind of a lethargic offense. Once again, zero points in the second half. Um, just not not a great game uh, to watch. Um, Zach, what, what was your thoughts just kind of while you're watching the game and then after the game kind of look, looking back on it? Oh, it was, uh, it was mostly not, not great things. Um, it's one of those gut punch, you know, heart wrenching losses that we know all too well. And it's just, it's really getting old. I mean, I was, I was almost to a breaking point on Saturday after the game. I didn't really even enjoy any more, uh, college football after it just because, you know, it just kind of ruins your day. And now that we're, you know, the bottom dwellers of the big 10 and playing in that 11 AM slot, it's, that's the way it's going to be for, for the foreseeable future. But as far as general thoughts, um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple, you know, coaching game management is still sloppy. Um, our red zone efficiency is less than desirable. We uh, don't have any sort of offensive identity outside of just a QB draw. Uh, we consistently allow the, the momentum to play against us. Um, you know, you see that First, first drive and uh, the Northwestern had in both halves, they go right down this field and score. Right. And and then even, you know, as shocking as it was to have a lead at, the, at half, we just, we don't know how to close a team out and, and win close games. And it's just the same thing another week. And it's just, it's getting to be really, really tough to watch. Yeah. It's uh, same old song and dance with this Nebraska team and Scott Frost. And it just, you know, everything just, Oh, after the game, you know, that's something we got to get right. It's like, man, we're, uh, we are three seasons into your career here and it's been, it's, it's the same song and dance after every single game. And that's something we got to get right. It's like, no, it's, it's, it, we're past that. Now we're past the excuses. We're past all this other bullshit. We're, we're, it's time for results. 
And, you know, so far, Scott Frost has a 9-17 and 17, 17 record here at Nebraska. Um, and he's also lost seven of his at, at last eight games. So, you know, it's just – it's it's just hard to watch. It was uh, you know Nebraska was trailing most of the second half. They obviously they went halftime down or up thirteen seven, and then of course the first possession of the second half, Northwestern goes right down the field and scores. And we it was a fourteen thirteen game for a majority of the second half, and for some reason it felt like an insurmountable lead, and it was one fucking point, one point. So it's fourteen thirteen for a majority of the second half, and it just felt like we were down 30 points because the offense was just moving that bad. I mean, you know, the first game, I think we both liked how they used McCaffrey, um, you know, kind of got him in running back, uh, wide receiver, quarterback. And then this game, you know, they didn't really didn't decide to put him in until basically the fourth quarter, um, which, you know, and Nebraska's offense was just looking for that spark, just looking, needing a spark, needing a big play. Um, and like you said, the only offense we seem to have is a QB draw. I mean, Martinez rushing yards look good. I mean, think think he went 13 carries for 110 or so yards. Um, so that is literally our only play. And Martinez, he looks shook. He looks like he's lost his confidence in his arm. Um, he's seeing the field and reading and everything very late um, and just not making great decisions with the ball. Um, obviously, I think a big part of it was Cam Jurgens uh, being out. Uh, of course, you know, we didn't know about that till basically kickoff or, you know, 30 minutes before the game because, you know, Frost, you know, doesn't want that schematic advantage that he has over, you know, not telling people who's injured, who's not. Um, but I think that really kind of hindered uh, the offense and Martinez because I think last week or two weeks ago, excuse me, against Ohio State, we thought that the offensive line played well outside of maybe Forniak, I didn't think had a great game, which is crazy because he's one of our captains. Um, so they move Forniak inside the center, and uh, he's, he's just as bad there. I mean, you know, last season he started at right tackle, uh, got his basically got his spot taken by a freshman this year, so moved into guard, and now he's at center. And for me, he just doesn't have a place on the field. He's, he's not good. He's, he needs to come out. He's a captain. And, you know, I think going forward, we might be seeing one or more than one captain uh, on the pine. What, what are your thoughts on how Frost managed the QB situation this week? Um, you and I spoke after the game, so um, it's probably a good thing we're talking about this now as opposed to then. But um, I, I thought it was absolutely handled terrible. Um, if, uh, if, if you're really entertaining the idea of, of you know, making him your QB one and you know, inserting him into your offense, you know, more than part-time, then you can't make that change in the fourth quarter with, on the road against, you know, arguably maybe the best defense we see all year right. and expect that kid to – I mean, he did move the ball well. I'll get to that in a second. But to put to put him in that position, um, there's, a, there's a reason he kind of made a dummy move with that inter- interception. You know, you got to get that ball up a little bit. But – um, it's just a tough place to put a to put a young kid like that on the road again against a good defense. Right. And then another another thing that I just don't really understand when it comes to the coaching aspect of it is, you know, Martinez struggled throwing the ball because you know maybe he didn't have a lot of time. You know, we talked about the offensive line already, but um, the fact that we're still running the guys from O'Neill and these these guys that aren't going to be our guys, you know, going forward. We we have Martinez trying to find them downfield. Then then you bring in Luke to catch a spark, but 
you know, that I think a lot of that came from having those young receivers out there. All of a sudden you had, you had Xavier Betts, you had uh, Alante Brown, Marcus Fleming made plays all day. I'll give him that. But you know, when, when you change the dynamic of the personnel on offense, it's going to change things. And and maybe, you know, he could have done that early or maybe, you know, it was, it, it, I don't know, for whatever reason, it could be a package deal, but there's no rhyme or reason to, to the changes he's making in game. And it goes back to what we've talked about before. His game management is just not up to par. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of touching on the wide receiver situation, the, we ne- never need to see uh, Fallock, Lever, and Cade Warner on the field ever again at the same time. These guys, Cade, Cade Warner is a good possession receiver if he's with your th- third receiver. he's He's got good, solid hands, but the rest of these guys, they're getting no separation. I mean, you see um, the two the deep balls we're throwing are to our tight end. Um, you know, also the, the the fade route in the end zone to um, Volkolek. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. I mean, Martinez threw that ball. That ball landed about 30 yards out of bounds. It was one of the worst passes I've ever seen in my entire life at any level of football. It was terrible. Um, And that was kind of the theme throughout the day. He was off on his – I think he was seeing some ghosts. But even on that fade route, he had nothing but time. He almost had too much time. He looked so comfortable back there. Um, you know, he looked like he was, you know, going to try to hit the trash can in the back of the end zone. You know, he's not obviously doing that drill. He's not. He's literally. You got to hit the pylon in the back. I mean, the guy. It literally landed thirty bar, thirty yards out of bounds. Um, you know, it's just the play calling, the Martinez just seeing ghost, the offensive line not playing well, the lack of being able to get Wandell involved in the in the game plan. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know what Scott's doing. Um, you know, the, you know, I saw a, the thing on Twitter today from a uh, fellow podcast, the uh, Husker Cuz cast um, said that uh, in the last eight games, we are seven and eight or seven losses and one win in the last eight games. And in those eight games, Adrian Martinez, three touchdowns, eight interceptions. Those, those aren't stats that you can play football at. You can't, you can't have your quarterback and your three year starting quarterback and your captain going three touchdowns, eight picks in the last eight games and play any kind of expect to win football. I mean, it's just, I I don't even know where to start. I honestly don't. Um, Talking about the game management. So the first half of the game, uh, we have two DBs suspended for targeting calls against Ohio State. Um, Farmer steps in, has two interceptions, one of them on a beautiful uh, play where he jumps the route and almost takes it back to the end zone. Another one, kind of lucky, but, you, you know, he put himself right in off position. His head. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, it went off of, uh, I think, this Muke's head, yeah. and then Farmer <laughs> picked it. Uh, just, you know, but you're being in the right place at the right time. So playing pretty well. So he comes out because uh, Deontay Williams comes back for the second half. And in the press conference after the game, they asked, hey, you know, did you want to get Farmer mixed in there a little bit more? He was having a pretty good first half. And Frost's statement, this is this tells me all I need to know about everything that's going on down there. Frost says, well, I had the offensive uh, headset on the entire time, so I don't really know what how they're working the rotation. It tells you all you need to know. We we don't have a head fucking coach. We've got a we've got a wannabe offensive coordinator. And not to mention this coordinator has scored 30 points in two fucking games and zero points in the second half this entire season. And he doesn't know, hey, let's get the guy with the hot hand that's playing well. Let's keep him in the game because I'm on the fucking offensive headset the entire time. You cannot be a head coach and be calling plays at this point. You need to be a head coach. You need to give off the play calling duties. 
What do you have an offensive coordinator for? What's he there for? What are we paying him a million dollars a year for? To fucking uh, say, yes, Scott, yeah. Yeah, Scott, be a yes man to Frost? You know, it's just, I'm beyond fed up with him. And, you know, the great coach once said one time, uh, you're what your record says you are. And Scott Frost has a 9-17 and record here. And in five seasons as a head coach, Scott Frost ha- has four losing seasons. So at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. And Scott Frost is not a winning coach at this point in time. He needs to give off the play calling duties and focus on being a CEO type of this team and get this team in order and know what the fuck is going on on the other side of the ball. That's it. I mean, it's just it's just mind boggling that this point we're still he's still thinking he's the smartest guy in the room. He's just still the smartest guy in the room. It's just it's appalling. It's appalling. And I, it just gets me worked up. It's like, what do you mean you didn't? You only had the offensive headset on. You're only talking offense. You're the head coach. You're not the offense coordinator. But I, I feel like I just got yelled at. I know. I, I digress. I just, it just, it, it's already been my feeling since last year that he needs to give up play calling. And then because, you know, just it's just things that happen in the game, like the special teams and defense. It's like you need to know what's going on, man. You need to know what's going on, and you have no idea what's going on because you're too worried about calling plays. And not to mention your play calling is fucking dog shit. Sweet flea flicker, Scott. That was fucking genius. Sweet thirty points in two games, Scott. You're a fucking goddamn guru. I don't know, man. I just I've, I'm getting sick and tired of this fucking team and this coach and this coaching staff. Every week with the same song and dance. It's embarrassing. And I'm frankly tired of getting up and getting the house ready and getting ready to, you know, watch football. And my fucking day is ruined by 2.30 because I watched the same song and dance for the last three fucking years. It's it's pathetic. And, you know, at some point, something's got to change, man. You know, he doesn't want to put these receivers in all because no block, no rock. It's like, motherfucker, we don't need to run that goddamn wide receiver screen anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. We need some guys that can get some separation, take the top off the defense. Well, okay? yeah, and he keeps talking about how these receivers, they're they're almost ready. They're almost ready. Well, <laughs> well if they're not getting ready in practice, maybe the game is the time for them to get ready. Right. You know, eventually you got to roll the dice. I mean, you, you, it is fucking November. Yeah, you spent all these time, this time and resources to get these ballers in here with recruiting and traveling and everything that goes along with that. Get them on the field. I mean, you didn't have to do anything to get the the walk-ons from all over the state here. You just sent them a letter, and they're like, "Yes, sir. Thank you, sir." Yeah. And they're well, here. They bought in. They've bought into they, it, so you know they get to play. But yeah, I mean, you saw you saw what Marcus Fleming can do when you just Look sprinkle good. a little bit of him in that in that offense, and yep. and when you start putting those pieces around Wandale, then you're going to see production from him again. Xavier Betts got in there. Look good. It's just it's not. It's not going well, and it's just really frustrating to watch because, you know, we get all this hype year in, year out, and, you know, the culture is changing and these recruiting classes and everything that gets everyone so excited in the offseason. Then the season rolls along again, and it's the, the same shit, different day. And, it yeah, you're right. It is – it's getting hard to watch. It's getting hard to, to be excited about. It's it's right. it's all becoming more difficult, especially in a year like this where you can't you can't go out and, you know, see, see your friends and – you know, spend that that tailgate time and kind of just forget about things for the day as the day goes on. No, we're we're stuck in our houses. We're stuck, you know, just having to just have the, the these losses and these just putrid showings just eat alive at our insides. It's like it just it's hard to to keep taking each Saturday. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of things that, you know, uh, they say dictate how good a coach is. Um, penalties. Um, uh, second half adjustments. Penalties and second half adjustments. And special teams. Would you say that we're the worst in the country at all three of those aspects? We're right up there. I mean, just to, that first drive. We were driving I mean, down the field, second and three, two penalties later, it's second and 18. We don't get anything out of the drive. And that's right. that's a momentum killer. Right. It's just, you know, the, those three areas, special teams, penalties, and second half adjustments are ab- absolutely atrocious. I mean, they're they're the worst I've seen in football. I mean, how we're in a league right now where Indiana is number nine in the fucking country. Northwestern is undefeated. Maryland looks like they're up and coming now. They got a quarterback, and now they can, you know, now they look like they can play with anybody. Coastal and, Carolina and Liberty are undefeated. Yes, uh, and Cincinnati, uh, Louisiana Lafayette is ranked, and we're sitting here zero and two, can't move the fucking ball down the field with an offensive genius, and can't haven't scored a point in the second half. But you know, it's it's so uh, it just takes time. You know, it takes time. You know, I'm tired of hearing that shit. I'm I'm tired of. Scott Frost and what he's selling us, you know, he, he's one of the worst $5 million investments the state of Nebraska has had. There's, there's zero ROI, you know, and that's return on investment. That's fucking, we've got nothing back from him besides loss. And I'll just come out and say it. We'd be in a better position if we would have kept Mike Riley. I can guarantee you that because you know why we, he finally had fucking quarterbacks lined up. Mike Riley, but look, I mean, look, uh, what's Jebby us playing good. Um, Jebby is a captain. Yeah, oh boy, at fucking Colorado State. He's he's split in time, but yeah, he's... Pat O'Brien. Pat O'Brien yep. balled out first game, threw for mm-hmm. three bills. I yep. mean, so you can't say we wouldn't be in a better place because it's hard to be worse than 9-17, you know, with no memorable wins underneath the belt. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, Saturday, oh, you know, we got outcoached there. In three seasons, has anybody said, oh, Nebraska outcoached us there? No. Mm-mm. Never. No, no one ever has even thought about that. No one's like, damn, we got schemed up out there. You know, it's like, that's just, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. The only time, only two times I feel like you can make an argument for that was year one when we just beat the shit out of Minnesota up and down the field. And also that same year when we, we went, you know, punch for punch with Ohio state, we still took the L so it doesn't really have anything to show for it. But those are the only two times that I can really, that pop into my head that, our coaching looked superior to the opponent. Yeah, it's just, you know, Frost's got a bunch of yes men around him. Um, I, I didn't like his coaching staff, haven't liked his coaching staff. Um, you know, just, I mean, I know this is a completely different, uh, basically, sport. You know, I, you said after Saturday, I watched a couple of the games, obviously watched the Georgia-Florida game. And as I tweeted out, I go, that, this looks like a different sport than we're playing. Not, not a different elevated league you know this looked like a completely different sport than what nebraska northwestern game looked like and then the night game with no uh notre dame clemson it's just like yeah. you know I, I just i just saw the joy in the notre dame kids and students and fucking players uh knocking off clemson and just getting a big sin- signature program win and i just i just looked at it i was like am i ever gonna have that feeling ever again of just a big win yeah i mean it, Maybe not beat number one, but just a big win. Like, yeah, okay, man, that was huge. I'm this. I feel good all day about this. This is this is a program changing win. Like, is that ever going to happen again? Where you just feel good after a game because we played good, beat somebody we shouldn't beat. I mean, it's 
it's just it, really depressing. It, it's hard to imagine because I mean, you you look at two weeks ago after the Ohio State game, it's like I think it was kind of a collective good feeling that you know we we hung with them for a half, but at the end of the day, we got our asses kicked, and right. you know we we saw a lot of positives there, and then we come back and we're in a close game against a two and zero opponent, and there's just so many negatives to take away. It's like all of a sudden our defense is exciting and they're fun to watch. And it was, right. you know, a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of Husker fans uh, eyebrows raised in that first half and we're like, geez, th- th- we might have something here. And then it just goes to hell in the second half when, like you were saying, like those kids for these big time teams are having fun. Nebraska offense just looks like they're struggling so much. It's like had to fight for every yard. Had, had to fight for everything. And they're just struggling mentally too. It's like, they just don't look like they're just looking like they're trying to play catch up at all times and there's just no there's no cohesion out there there's no there's no bond between those guys it doesn't look like i mean there's not guys picking each other up i mean when when martinez came off the field at one point he was on the headset just clearly frustrated and and yelling on the headset with with whoever's up uh, probably lubick or whatever um and then you got the you got uh Boy in the green, the third string quarterback, um, Mesker or whatever, Mesker yeah. sitting right next to him, kind of consoling him a little bit, like, "Hey." Right. And then on the other side of this guy, you have Luke McCaffrey just dancing, <sighs> dancing yep. after we just missed a field goal and could have, like, I probably taken the lead or increased our lead. And this is the guy that we want coming in. I mean, fine, but it's like there, there's clearly a lot of separation in a lot of different places within the offense. And it shows when they go out and take the field and play. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of back to my my point I'd like to make about fucking his his coaching staff. Um, it's it's you know, it's a different animal, but you know, Alabama has five former division power five coaches on their staff. Five. Five they, of them. Yeah. You know how I many we have we have Lubick that has been an offensive coordinator one time for two years of his career. And that's the most coaching experience we have of everybody on our staff. And Alabama has five former power five coaches. And I'm not talking about they coached at Kansas and Wake Forest. They have former Tennessee coach. They have a former USC coach. They have a former Texas coach on their coaching staff. We have a bunch of, oh, basically Scott brought his drinking buddies with him down here, a bunch of yes men to surround him. And then, you know, when it's time to go get an offense coordinator, once again, got to go get another old buddy that he that he basically put on to be the offensive coordinator at Oregon, gave him his job at Oregon. So he's got a bunch of dudes that owe their whole coaching career to him. It's just surrounded by a bunch of yes men. It's a terrible look. The coaching staff in general, it, it just, it's not great. It's not great. It hasn't been great. You know, I thought it was, you know, everybody liked the loyalty of bringing the guys down here with them. Um, it was a good look. Uh, it's not working, man. You know, either, either you're going to, you know, you're hit, you're going to hit your wagon who you're going to hit your wagon to. And, you know, you're going to live or die by it. And you know what? I think he's too goddamn stubborn to actually make a real decision and maybe actually go get some real help or turn the play calling duty over to somebody else because mm-hmm. he's just too prideful. He's just too too prideful and just the smartest guy in the room at all times. So what's even more impressive about the Alabama coaching staff is they have like their own coaching carousel every year too. I mean, they have they have assistants promoted somewhere else every single year, bring in new ones. They're still a close group. They still make it happen. Yep. And we have these guys who have been together going on now six, five, six years, 
And it just, there's, again, I just seems like there's a disconnect and, and what's, what's really troubling again, going back to this, I know I already said it, but the, the def like Shenander, I mean, he earned a little bit of a check on, on Saturday. I mean, his defense is flying around out there. They're making plays. They're doing what they needed to do to win a game on Saturday. Right. Um, but you don't, you don't get that every week. Right. And, 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 you know, probably in a week or two, we might see the offense show flashes of greatness and put up points and stuff. But on the other side, what you're probably going to see is our defense linebackers chasing receivers across the field, getting beat deep, missing tackles. It's going to, it's going to resort back to that because we just can't put all the pieces together in a game. Yeah. Um, you know, the defense, um, has, has improved each year, I feel like. In the three years, Chenander's, uh, once again, not a lot of experience at this major level, but I feel like that the defense has improved each year. I think coming into the season, we felt more sure about what we had coming back on offense. Defense was a question mark. And defense has clearly been our bright, bright spot. Um, the defense line is playing great. Um, but a couple young bucks up there. Uh, Ty Robinson, you know, that guy is, uh, that guy is a Sunday player. Um, Casey Rogers has come at from out of nowhere, um, and been very productive and Ben Stilley, you know, we talked preseason about him and Ben Stilley's had a very good year also. Um, and then the linebackers, um, of course, you know, the former walk on Luke Reimer. Wow. He's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's that dude. That he's, guy a, is, he's a ball hawk. Yeah. That guy is flying around smacking anybody and everybody in the opposite color Jersey. Um, it's just, it's, it's. The thing about it is it's like I feel like the bright spots that we've seen in the two games this season have all been from young guys. Um, I don't know if it's time for a, a youth movement, movement. I mean, we've proven we can lose with older guys. Um, <laughs> you know, Dante Williams and uh, DiCaprio Boodle are, um, you know, still don't want to wrap up, still don't want to use their arms and wrap up. Um, Cam Taylor-Brett, same thing. I mean, Deontay Williams – I believe it was his second play back in the second half. Literally should have got a targeting penalty on his second play back from a targeting suspension. I saw it. I was like, oh, he's out again. Like just, (laughs) it just, I mean, you know, what's the deal? I mean, what are they seeing on tape? What are they seeing on tape that there's like, okay, yeah, let's, this guy is, okay, he's bringing the wood. He's hitting people hard, but that doesn't mean anything. That touchdown, the first drive of the second half, the touchdown, Two people try to blow him up, end up hitting each other. He spun around and fucking went into the end zone. Yeah, and and Ty Robinson blew somebody up on that play, though. Yeah. I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Uh, Nick Henrick uh, came in the game. Yeah, uh, he was That's playing out last year. You know, I thought the first week he looked a little too small out there, but uh, he played very well. I think I think he's just a you know kind of like a JoJo Domo type, just very instinctive player. Um, very very high on him. Um, so it's like you said, it's the young guys, you know, Will Honus, um, and Colin Miller, Colin Miller, I thought had a good game. He's kind of, uh, you know, whole, up. he's kind of a whole hum guy though. You know, it's like, if you can just yeah. get a, 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 an average to good, uh, performance out of him, you're happy. He's not going to, he's not going to blow up the stat sheet. Right. Exactly. So it's just, you know, there's, there's a couple bright spots out there. I, you know, we talked about Rymers, Ty Robinson, uh, Marcus Fleming, Xavier Betts, I, you know. Get get those other dudes out of there. Get the you know the Falic and Lever. Get those guys out of there. They're they're not doing anything. Okay, through two games, I don't I I don't know if either one of them have a catch, and they're both starters. So it just yeah. I mean we like you said you know we're very capable to lose with with these guys. We we might as well lose with with the the talent we have and get them some experience. So we can't say they're not ready anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. Throw them in the fire. What you know at this point? What do we have to lose? You know, I was going back and forth with the uh, guy from Athlon Sports, uh, JP Scott, and you know, preseason he said, you know, I'm not sure if Nebraska wins a game this season. And I said, are you fucking crazy? And now I'm looking stupid because you know what? We, are we going to be favored in a game from here on out? Maybe against Illinois, but it's there. Um, and Illinois, as bad as they are, they they surely aren't uh, a for sure fire win for us. No, they're and, tough guys up there. Yeah, and they they'll come up and smack you. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the the season's looking grim. If uh, this is how we're going to play, um, it's just. It's depressing, as as, as it's probably coming through through this microphone of how the frustration level <laughs> with this team um, and this coach. Um, it's just I don't know if he's just putting too much pressure on himself. You know, you hear him after the game. It's just I love this state so much and this university, and I, it's like I, I I understand, man. It's just come on, man. There's got to be something. There's got to be something else, man. You're getting tight in the games, man. Your play calling is terrible. You know. Your your rotation's terrible. What what in the screen game have you you know they try to throw it wasn't wide receiver screen just a normal running back screen and it's like what have you seen in three years of the screen game that would continue for you to call a screen? There's nothing. You guys do not know how to operate a screen, and it's always one assignment blown. Otherwise, yeah. the play the play could go for a touchdown. It's just yeah. one, that one assignment. Like we had it set up uh, going to the right side of the field that one play. And it gets batted down. It's like, I mean, you just – and I, I had a random uh, thought pop into my head earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of funny because it was a big debate at one one of these episodes. But maybe we should have listened to Kurt Warner a little bit. Maybe we should have brought, brought him on Yo, campus. Oh, it goes back to, back to my smartest guy in the fucking room. <laughs> hey, Hall of Famer wants to come and help out. And like I said, we don't know the dynamics of what, what happened, but I mean, clearly something happened, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, eat, I'm eating crow there a little bit. Cause I was, I was pretty against it, but yeah. I don't think it would have hurt Martinez any. It, it couldn't have hurt anything. I mean, no. we've got 30 points in two games. I thought we were going to be averaging 30 points a game. I thought that was our break line. Like, okay. You know, like going to the Ohio state game, I'm like, okay, if we get 30, I'm going to feel good about it, even if it's fucking 63 to 30, you know, like I just want to see the offense moving and, you know, two games in zero points in the second half because of uh, absolutely no adjustments made. The only play that we move the ball on is the QB, QB draw, QB dive. That's the only play that we move down the field on at all. It's, I don't know, man. It's just for an offensive guru making five hundred, five, five hundred, five million dollars a year. Uh, sure, ain't getting a lot in return from the guy. Um, I know he's given a little bit back for the pandemic. You know, maybe he needs to cough up a little bit more, come to the fifty percent. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know, Zach. Um, you know, <laughs> we got. Uh, you know, the Big Ten right now is kind of up on its head. Um, you know, you've got uh, Northwestern on top of the Big Ten West, three and zero. Purdue 2-0, Wisconsin, they haven't played since the first Friday night of the season. They played Michigan this week. Michigan's 1-2 with a, a loss to Mich- lowly Mich- Michigan State. Michigan State yeah. got fucking dog-walked by Iowa this weekend and then and got beat by Rutgers week one and then went into Michigan and beat Michigan. Um, Minnesota's 1-2. So it's just... It's just like, I don't know what to think of the Big Ten. You know, in a year like this, you would have thought that maybe this is the year, this is our shot. I mean, if you would have win this game at Northwestern, you'd probably be feeling really good about the rest of the season. 
you got Penn State coming here at 0-3. You know, yeah. who saw that coming? Yeah, that's um, the last time you want to see him, though. You want to see him 3-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, because when you lose to him this fucking weekend, it's going to be like, yep, you lost to an 0-3 Penn mm-hmm. State team at home. So, <laughs> it's I – don't, I don't know, Zach. I don't know what's going on with this. Uh, you know, it's – what else? What else you got, man? I just, you know, I didn't have much written down. I just wanted to kind of shoot from the hip on here. Um, it just, it was beyond infuriating, and just, you know, like I said, sitting back and watching the other teams play the rest of the day. You know, bunch of good games, and just, just going, man. I, I, I think I can remember that feeling of you know playing good football and the team looking good, and just it's, it just hasn't happened. Yeah, it just hasn't happened. I don't know. I, I just. I think until we have a clear cut guy at quarterback, which we thought we had with Martinez in his freshman year, and then kind of slowly started going south on us. I mean, I know that everyone's big on Luke, and I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I just I I'm not sold on him as our everyday every day every down quarterback. It just it feels like okay, so. Taylor, have you ever owned a pair of Air Force Air Force Ones? Hasn't everybody? Yeah. Yes, so, sir. Bright, shiny. They're looking good. You're wearing them out. Mm-hmm. One of those days, they're going to become scuffed. They're never going to be the same. They're going to function the same. They're going to do the same things. They're going to do everything right. But eventually, you have to go and get yourself a new one. Right. Are they going to have any extra things you can use with them? Probably not. I mean, extra snap here and there. It doesn't matter. But... That's what I see as our quarterback situation right now. It's just it's just a replacement for what we already have, just a younger version. I mean, he hasn't shown me anything outside of maybe just an extra little get, uh, hitch in his or not hitch, but an extra little step in his in his speed or giddy up. But I I don't I, until we see him throw thirty passes in a game, I guess I can't make this judgment. But it just seems like they're the same skill set. It's just a, a little bit of an age difference. Yeah. Um... Like I said, I've been riding the Adrian Martinez train with you. Um, unfortunately, uh, I got off on the last stop uh, in Evanston. I hopped off the uh, the Amtrak. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, seeing these stats that I saw, the uh, three touchdowns, eight interceptions in the last eight games, uh, being seven and eight, seven, seven losses in the last eight games. Um, what I saw on Saturday, the lack of confidence, the terrible accuracy, um, I, I also don't believe that Luke McCaffrey is, you know, going to be savior. your three-year starter, yeah. somebody that you're going to build your program around, like oh, this guy or guy. Um, but it's it's time it's time to go ahead and give him a look because um, you know, you know what's what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you know, you're you're scoring 13 points a game. You know, I mean, he's going to get you that. He's going to he's I guarantee you he starts all game. He's going to break you one touchdown that's over 60 yards. I can I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Um. And it's it's starting to I don't know I feel like things are starting to bubble up you know there's kind of some things maybe you can read into about things that other players are saying um, it's just I think his energy is infectious and I think that that maybe what the team needs is a shot in the arm I thought you know maybe the best bets using him how we used him against Ohio State but you know Scott Frost outsmarted himself as usual. And uh, just didn't you know, use him at all, right? Just oh, I'm not going to use him at all. And the announcers are talking about it the whole time. Hey, you know, we're and he's standing over there with his helmet on, standing next to coach. You're thinking he's coming in at some point, and just just didn't happen. Just didn't happen, you know. And 
that's another thing too. It's like, just always seems like the camera is on him. And it just, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's bubbling up because of inside sources, outside sources, whatever it is. But uh, I, I, I just fear that, you know, we're going to, I feel bad for Martinez. Cause obviously, you know, former quarterback, you know, I, I feel for him, you know, I've been in a position in high school where I was taken out of a game because things weren't going well. And it's not a good feeling. It's, it's the worst feeling as a quarterback to be replaced. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you, you, we have to be able to look forward and, and it's just, you have to be able to put your best product on the field. And I feel like that wasn't being done for Martinez. Like, like I said before, I mean, we didn't have these, these new young studs out there to go out there and do shit for him. We had, the guys that are just going out there and being serviceable and relying on our tight ends for the run game. And, and then obviously the, the flat thrown out to the flat and stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, I do agree uh, to some extent that, you know, Mark or uh, Luke deserves his, uh, his shot. But I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not giving your guy all of the elements to, to succeed, then he won't succeed. And that's all I'm saying. Like, it just yep. it, I'm not saying this is unfair and all that crap. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you really expect the best out of Martinez, you have to surround him with the best. And I don't feel like that's happened this year. No, I I I that's the number one issue so far this season is not a player, it's not a quarterback, it's not a, it's it's the coach. It's the coach and the scheme and the personnel decisions. It's the coaching is what the number one issue is facing this two, 2020 Cornhusker team. It's Scott Frost and his coaching ability is the number one hindrance on this team, on this program. Um, it's, you know, he wants to try to make an example. You know, that you know, you're hearing stories about the receivers, you know, they're saying Marcus Fleming's on Instagram live, you know, fucking 10 minutes before the game in the locker room and shit. You know, that's the culture you want to build? Like, yeah, what are we doing? yeah, that's not great. And if it's a winning program, I go. Take your shit and go fucking sit on the bus till we're done. Yeah. But we suck and we need you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look the other way. I know what you can do. And I'm not at this point, you can't rest on your, your morals here. Okay. It's time to get results. It's not you cannot like, oh yeah, well, he was being a knucklehead. So we're not playing the guys, or these guys don't know the playbooks. We're not playing. No, 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 man. You have no no ground for this. It's time to play the guys with the most talent, and that's it. I don't give a fuck about no block, no rock. Yeah. Okay. We're not. They're not blocking anybody anyway. It's what wide receiver screens worked in three years. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they they don't know the plays yet. Simplify the fucking playbook, then. You thirteen right. point scoring ass motherfucker. <laughs> thirteen points. Don't don't know the playbook yet. Hey, uh, the playbook. To your point too. I, I'm not saying it's right or anything, but like, uh, who is our best defensive lineman in the last ten years? Uh. So that's excluding Sue, obviously, right? Yep. Crick. Nope. Um, I don't know. The Davis Twins, I guess. Randy Gregory is the correct answer there. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Um, and right. to your point, he was a knucklehead here. Right. Did he sit out? No, Bo Pelini put his ass on the field. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, Colin Cowherd, you know, says, he's like, listen, man, you know, I need my quarterback to, you know, be, you know, be professional. He's like, I can't, I don't want him wearing his hat backwards and, you know, this, that, and third and acting, you know, like Johnny McDell or whatever. He's like, but any other position, I could care less, you know. We need, we need <laughs> and, dogs. 
yeah, we need some dogs and we need some some dudes that just are supremely talented because, you know, these dudes from uh, Ord, Nebraska and S- South Dakota State, you know, ain't going to get it done, man. Ain't going to get it done. Put the brother from Miami in there and let, let the motherfucker uh, fly down the field. You know, put, boob, put booby in. Let him yeah, it's Friday Night Lights. You want to win? Put put booby in. You want to win? Let me spin, coach. You know, it's just it's time to. Oh, we're trying to build a culture. Culture is going to be. You guys are all looking for new jobs. Okay, the culture should be, be winning. Yeah, the culture is that your assistant coaches are going to be having to pull their kids out of school and transfer schools because they've all been fired because you guys wanted to rest on your morals and be on a high ground of you know. Uh, well, he's, he's been a jackass here and it's like, no, I don't care, man. I I don't care because no one's going to care. He's being a jackass if he's scoring touchdowns. I'm telling you, ask Osborne. Yeah. Ask, ask <laughs> okay. Bobby Bowden with Deion Sanders. Yeah, exactly. Ask all the successful programs out there. They got knuckleheads on their team. They're still playing them. Cause you know what? At the end of the day, it's a, it's a results business. Mm-hmm. It's a results oriented business. And, uh, no one cares that we got the most academic all Americans. No one cares. We want to, we want to talk about wins. Okay. We want to talk about wins. It's a good bonus. It's, it's a good bonus. Right. But yeah. Yeah. That's probably why we should, we should end that. Otherwise that might get a little more ugly. <laughs> right. <the> fucking, uh, <laughs> might, so, go, might go down a dark alley there. I, I know. It's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's right. It just, you can't just, be like, oh, well, these guys aren't doing this, so we're not playing, man. You got to just let the best man play. And this weekend, if, you know, they said it's competition Tuesday, you know, trying to steal old Pete, Pete, uh, Pete Carroll's old moniker from back at USC. And, you know, position hey. should be up for grabs. You know, we we know what those uh, seniors can do. We know what those juniors and seniors can do. Let's let the young dogs eat. Have they even released any depth charts this year? No, you know. So, so there you go. Just part of his secretive plan, man. He's just. It's like you're you not. Know. You're not outsmarting anybody. Like you're not winning. <laughs> Fucking. Like you might as well have told us Cam Jurgens got surgery that the the second it happened because right. it didn't make any difference. Fucking <laughs> right. I mean, he just thinks he's got I mean, an advantage over somebody. You got no advantage over anybody, man. Yeah. They're yeah. all. They're all licking their chops to fucking go against you coaching, man. They're all, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I may, it may fucking have a good 10-play script to come out of the game, but as soon as the second half comes here, uh, he has no idea how to make in-game adjustments. So keep it close in the first half, and I guarantee you we'll pull away in the second half. That's what other coaches are thinking. You think they're afraid of Nebraska, or Scott Frost and his offense? <laughs> Only a script. His script is always yeah, late. but 10-play that, script. Is, that's uh, where it yeah, Exactly. Exactly, and don't don't get a penalty in that ten play script either, because that's the end of that's oh, yeah. the end of it too. Yep, might as well it's just like I either run these ten plays paper clean. up and throw it down. <laughs> exactly, you saw we went right down the field, and then what we got a uh, false penalties. start, false start, and then a holding call, and that was it. <laughs> four, four of our five offensive linemen had individual penalties by the beginning of the second quarter. Right now, this you know you false start in an empty fucking stadium with a. With a quarterback that's been starting for three years, like you don't know his fucking cadence. Yeah, you know, running back false started last last game. Wide receiver false false started. I mean, you can't make this shit up, man. You can't make it up. Yeah, I know. It's just it's we just find new ways every single week, and it's just it's it's kind of kind of remarkable, honestly. It's like 
how do how do we get creative this creative with losing every single yeah. week? I feel like I don't even remember what it's like to wake up on Sunday and like, oh, Nebraska won. I mean, yeah. just a victory it, Sunday. Yeah, fucking. I mean, what's that like? As a Cowboys fan, I don't have very victory Mondays this year either. So it's like exactly. Exactly. And you know, as a 49ers fan, our season's a wrap because uh, you know every person on our team decided to get injured. So um, it's just it's just a bad bad year of football for for yourself and me. Yeah. Um, Last night, instead of watching Monday Night Football, I just had it with it. I just watched Hoosiers to get ready for basketball season. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I know exactly, and it's like, well, you know, I watched uh, I watched the state volleyball on Saturday night. Do we? Nebraska breed some motherfucking volleyball players. I watched the uh, Class A game. They had they said seven of the ten seven of the seniors um, playing that night had already signed D one scholarships, um, and you know, it's just I'm just getting off track now. I'm done with the football talk. Uh, <laughs> but um so obviously nebraska volleyball in high school is just super elite um we've got the number one player in the country and the number one three number three player in the country here in the state one goes to scud and one goes to papio south i believe and then i heard this week that um papio south has got the number one uh, softball player in the country too signed to go to oklahoma and we have the what number five or six seven uh ranked basketball player in the state in nebraska yeah you know I've been I've been talking to my boss, you know, the last couple of years about uh, you know all these people building all these training facilities. I'm like, man, they're just taking all these motherfuckers' money and shit. No, but you can't you can't argue with the results. Yeah. I mean, we've never had this much talent in state. Um, you know, usually when we're in high school, what there's maybe two or three football players going D1 or whatever. You know, now Nebraska is about to sign you know five to seven of them each year from the state of Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So. These, you know, maybe these facilities aren't just stealing money from <laughs> from parents. You know, they're you're clearly paying off because the state, the talent in the state is at an all time high. And speaking of uh, quietly paying off, I think uh, if you look in the direction of Fred Hoiberg and what he's doing, he he's got a he's got a five star basketball player, right? Senior um, that is getting crystal balls to Nebraska right now. Like, yeah, by he's the day, to the top two. Yeah, it's like. I think his brother or cousin or something is one of our new guys here this year. But his uh, his younger brother, yeah, older brother, yeah, Gowans. Yep. It's like uh, I mean, maybe there's a reason he brought that that first one in. <laughs> yeah, get, get that family pipeline. I but. know it, it's it's so you know exactly. Hopefully the bat. I mean, we're picked. I believe dead last in the Big Ten, but it's because we we don't have anybody back from last year. They're yeah, all new guys. That's, so and that's okay because yeah, because they were you know they dog shit good. last year. Yeah. So exactly, you kind of hope maybe the basketball team could be a middle of the road team, and then the baseball team will both do some things. Once again, Nebraska high school, the state breeds a lot of good baseball players. We just hadn't done a good job of keeping them home. They'd always go to A and M or Arkansas, in which I sure the hell don't bl- uh, blame him for that. But uh, you know, he's starting to keep the in-state talent in-state, and you know, I think if he could just do that, he can put out a uh, you know a competitive team year in and year out. So um, you know they. They got the kid uh, Foster back from uh, from A and M transfer yep. back. A um, couple of the other guys that uh, came from A and M with him. So um, you know, hopefully the basketball and baseball team could picks up, and hopefully the volleyball team can you know do their thing. They're yep. they're projected to win the national championship. I think they start this week, either maybe tomorrow. I think I saw maybe they tweeted out. Wasn't it in jeopardy for a while? Wasn't it going to be also in the spring, and then they. 
And then Big yeah, Ten well, went ahead and Big Ten again. Yeah, well, the big the uh, conferences, the other conferences are already fucking playing. The Big Twelve and ACC and shit. They are you surprised by that? <laughs> no, no. Big Ten no. late to a decision. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. And the, you know the uh, ACC was you know talking, sh- sh- not talking shit, but you know felt like he was talking shit about the Big Ten because they pulled out of the uh, the women's pa- uh, Big Ten. ACC challenge or whatever. And the ACC commissioner came out and said, yeah, we were ready to go. But, uh, the big 10 commissioner, uh, you know, pulled out. It's like, <laughs> what does this guy do? I does, mean, what does he, does he golf with Trump? Like, is that right? what's happening? I, like, I mean, fucking, you know, what's going on here? It's just, he's, he's not off to a good start. He's not. So, <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't much of a podcast today. It was just kind of a vent session. Um, you know, just kind of getting out all the frustrations of this football team and just the whole year, the whole year has just been a stressful year. You know, it's <laughs> all the things going on in the world. And then you try to get a little bit of escape for a Saturday and, you know, hopefully root your team on. And then, uh, for them to put out this, uh, putrid of an effort, it just, you know, just gets darker, just, just fucks your day up even more in your year. So, you know, I'll be there tuned in Saturday for the next seven weeks at 11 a.m. because that's all we deserve is 11 a.m. kickoff. So, um, Zach, you got anything else? Um, two things. Uh, one, you know how they do the, like, stat check at the end of uh, – is it pardon the interruption or the around the horn? Yeah. We scored no, three – Oh, yeah. We, uh, we scored three points in the second half against Ohio State. Did we? Yep, third quarter. Also, uh, just wanted to give a real quick shout out to m- to my dog Rex. It's his birthday today, Tuesday. Shout out, named named after Rex Burkhead. So, uh, nice. happy birthday, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's that's the highlight of the fucking show. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, you know, I tweeted out that I was going to be betting against uh, Nebraska on the money line from here on out, um, and uh, yeah, I lived up to that. I uh, got uh, Penn State at uh, minus one fifty five. Um, so, you know, if they're going to, they're going to play like dog shit, I might as well pad them pockets up a little bit on them. So, um, as we're sitting here, I'm watching ESPN, the action and, uh, goes across the bottom. Uh, Penn state's going to be rotating quarterbacks too now, uh, since, um, they've gotten off to that 0 and three start. Uh, Franklin said that they're going to be rotating in the backup quarterback too. So, uh, they've got, we've got another reeling team coming in here looking for their first one of the season. So. Um, should be a pretty nice day out. It's a shitty week of weather out, but uh, Saturday is supposed to be pretty decent. So, you know, you know, you live and you learn, and uh, hopefully we can see at least a better product out on the field Saturday. And at, least love... at least it's Masters week. Also the Masters. Yeah, it's supposed to be raining all week there, but, uh, you know, in half the SEC games are canceled. So it's – We saw how Tiger played in the rain in the, in, in the match, though. Might Absolutely. be good for him. Like it was fucking nothing. So that's it, guys. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll do a better job for you next time for laying a better show. But uh, this was just a rant session. So till next time, GBR. This is the Big Red Revival.